the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from the rooftop of the Rockies, it's Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn. Welcome to Hour 3 Backbone Radio, August 13th, 2023. Thank you, one and all, for being here. Thank you for the text to studio. So many have come in. I've gotten a little bit behind, but I'm going to be trying to catch up on all of that wonderful action. I wanted to get right to a segment about the deep state before moving on to other topics. Other topics include Jonah Goldberg on CNN, formerly of the National Review, ripping on small donors. And small donors are interfering in elections because he thinks that the large donors are the ones that think strategically and should decide who should become the candidates. Oh, we'll get to that one. Oh, that guy, that guy. Steve Deese endorsing DeSantis. Steve Deese, remember that guy? The Cruz fanatic, talk radio host. And he was all mad when Cruz bowed out and endorsed Trump. Steve Deese wants Hillary to win. In 2016, DeSantis should run away from that endorsement, you want my opinion. But deep state, and I've been having a lot of hour threes with some deep state action because I think 2024 is the very, very high stakes election for the future of this country are going to be ruled by an unelected cabal of individuals who, uh, who call the shots in this country and are trying to sabotage everything about our democracy, about Donald Trump's potential to be the next president. Is this country going to be your country, the people's country, or is it going to, again, stay in the hands of that deep state, unelected bureaucrat and former bureaucrat cabal? Martyr made M-A-R-T-Y-R-M-A-D-E, on Twitter is an individual who I believe has done some, quite a few appearances with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Show. And he has this segment uh, or the, this, this little essay about the deep state that just hits home like a ton of bricks, okay? And I might read just a, just a bit of it. And he just starts it out by saying this. And again, this is the stakes for 2024. If there wasn't a deep state before 2016... Seven years of full-spectrum political warfare against the MAGA insurgency has created one by now. And he lists a few of the reasons why, why there is a deep state. And before I go through some of those reasons, I want to skip to the conclusion to get your mind thinking about this. Martyr Maid's conclusion about the deep state. And he says this, quote, This has gone on nonstop for seven years, the predations of our corrupt, unelected deep state. Quote, this has gone on nonstop for seven years and has involved a vast public-private partnership of corrupt vested interests that have gone so far and crossed so many lines that they cannot afford at any cost 
to lose power, end quote. And he says, yeah, the deep state been running this country, the ones that have been sabotaging, spying upon, attacking Donald Trump, the outsider. But these people running the Beltway have been so corrupt, they have crossed so many lines, that they are so far hanging out to dry right now with their track record, with what they have done to this country, that if they were to lose power now, that uh, it would be the existential end of the road for them in a lot of ways. They cannot. Does that make sense? They have gone so far. They have crossed so many lines that they cannot at any cost lose power now. Think about what that means for 2024. We are heading into a situation where Donald Trump is the only opponent, the only enemy to this deep state. That's it. No one else. DeSantis has sided with the globalists in the deep state. He wants them on. He wants to be on their team. Every other Republican candidate with the partial, sometimes exception of Vivek Ramaswamy, who's now ahead of DeSantis in most of the polls, by the way, DeSantis now down to third. But it's just Trump versus the deep state. It's Trump versus the corrupt ruling class. It's Trump versus the corrupt beltway. And the beltway has been so beyond the pale corrupt that if Trump gets in there, I mean, they, they would have to get they would self-deport. They would have to get out of here if Trump could get in there and get to the bottom of it. And he says he knows where the bodies are buried. He says he knows exactly who and what the deep state is. And I think he had an awful lot of years to learn that on the fly, on the job. He had to learn what he was dealing with when he showed up there in 2016 after they had spied on him. And then they started running the scams and the hoaxes on him from, from before day one, right? But just a bit of this, martyr made. If there wasn't a deep state before 2016, seven years of full-spectrum political warfare against the MAGA insurgency has created one by now. They framed Trump for collusion to spy on his campaign. When Trump won anyway, Comey's FBI ran an off-the-books investigation on their own CINC. When Trump caught on and fired Comey, they ensured the investigation continued under Mueller. The primary FBI Russia collusion investigator wrote that he didn't want to be involved with the Mueller team because there's no there there, but agreed to do it to help bring about impeachment. Yes, that guy actually wrote that. Mueller figured out there was no collusion a month into his investigation, but dragged it out another year and a half to keep GOP investigators from accessing from accessing FBI DOJ officials and to try to bait Trump into doing something they could call obstruction of justice. The Democrats take back the House in 2018, shut down the investigations into spying. Mueller immediately wraps up his task, now that there are no GOP investigations to worry about, and hands the ball to congressional Democrats for phase two, impeachment. A CIA spy planted in the White House tries to leak the contents of a presidential phone call to Adam Schiff and then tells him to write it up as a whistleblower report for marketing reasons. During the phone call, Trump asked Zelensky to put his people in touch with the Attorney General's office to compare notes on what we know now, and what we now know is overwhelming evidence of the Bidens engaging in bribery, money laundering, and racketeering. The Democrats impeached Trump for this, 
and limp-wristed compromise Republicans went along with the charade just like they did with Russiagate long after it had been proven to be a hoax. In 2020, the public health bureaucracy joined the fight against Trump, working with Democrats and the media to use COVID to benefit Democrats in the election. 2020 color revolution on the streets of America as they tried to bait Trump into calling out the military so that the traitor Milley could refuse and action could be taken against Trump. The FBI works together with big tech to engage in unprecedented censorship to protect Biden. Election fortified by a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage and control the flow of information. Milley going behind the president's back with Chinese military officials. Federal agents agitating for a riot on January 6th. Domestic war in terror. State and federal prosecutors using selective, novel interpretations of laws to threaten Trump with jail, while the DOJ brazenly covers up plain proof of straightforward Biden bribery corruption. And now that is where we are. Now you are here. And the last point made by Margaret Trump is still going to be the 2024 nominee, so it won't stop. That's just a little timeline, a little chronicle of the deep state predations, the hoaxes, the lies, the sabotage, the rest of it. And Martyr Maid concludes again, this has gone on nonstop for seven years and has involved a vast public-private partnership of corrupt vested interests that have gone so far and crossed so many lines that they cannot afford at any cost to lose power. So I'm just telling you this right now that the deep state cannot lose power. They will do anything, anything, anything to not lose power because they've gone too far. They've crossed too many lines. And so then you step back and ask, Trump is the front runner. Trump is just doing awesome. He is beloved by this country. What is the deep state going to do? Ask you. Ask you. On your radio, smartphone, or smart speaker, News Talk 710, KNUS. There we go, a little Sturgill Simpson. Life ain't fair and the world is mean, says Sturgill. But Sturgill doesn't know what he's talking about, does he? That's not the way the world is. What do you think? <laughs> Backbone Radio, 303-696-1971. That what I just uh, read into the record and commented on the Deep State essay by Martyr made. sometimes it's helpful, like, listen on the podcast. You can kind of go through that a little bit. And sometimes you have to do, like, a little intense verbal stuff to get things into the system, if that makes sense. But... That deep state and all of these cheap, shabby, dishonest things that they have done, (laughs) from Russia collusion to the spying to the impeachments to the Ukraine, the rest of it, they are really hanging out there on a small limb. And it's a really small bunch of people that have been doing this. It's a small bunch of unelected people 
that you would call the deep state. And the American people are revolting against them. The American people do not love these behind-the-curtains players. And the people behind the curtains know it. And so they try to concoct a handful of candidates, which is like the entire slate of Republicans, to try to undermine, backstab, be traitorous against Donald Trump, the dominant frontrunner by far. Just look at Iowa yesterday. Look at any poll. You'll see. But what if none of it works? What if all the propaganda ends up failing? What if they... What if the deep state just can't get this uh, the way they want it, folks? That is the stakes right now, and they know it. Yes, they are scared. Because uh, I, I sense sometimes an attitude of revolt brewing amongst the people. The propaganda isn't working anymore. Two-thirds of the voters don't believe the 2020 81 million votes for Biden. They're just See, it's just they've been... They've been doing this stuff, pulling all these stunts for so long, for so long, for so long. Remember the hoax list I read in hour two that it's not working. And what else can they do? What else can they pull out? Well, I guess they could arrest him. They could indict him. They could throw Trump in jail, which would only make him more popular because I don't think the American people are ready for complete and total banana republic stuff. Yeah. So we're coming into a situation of the deep state cannot lose. They cannot afford to lose. And Trump is winning, winning, winning. Trump's winning in all the polls against Biden. (laughs) So what are they going to do? There's going to be one trick, one stunt, perhaps of increasing severity, one after another, after another, after another. And that is going to be the story of 2024. Is this our country or is it? The country of the deep state, again, that small few of, of incompetent people, nasty people, dishonest people who despise you, despise your family, despise your country, despise your heritage. What's it going to be, folks? That's the choice. You got to pick a side. You have to pick a side. You have to understand the stakes. And this is a very big deal, and it's going to get more and more and more intense as the weeks and months go by. Before the phone lines, one quick point here. Well, let's save it. Let's save that one quick point. Let's say hello. I believe Charlene in Arkansas is on the air. Charlene, how are you doing? Oh, yes. Hi there. Well, you know, I do believe that they will uh, destroy it in order to uh, install uh, Marxism, which is their ultimate goal. And so, you know, we've just got to uh, uh, resist it in any way we can. But I just want to say one thing about your cousin. Um, those are some great lyrics. And I knew you were Irish. Her name is Irish, Claire Dunn. And mm-hmm. she's a, Alice. She's an Irish troubadour balladeer. That, you know, did she write? Some of those songs? She writes all of her own songs. She is a songwriter oh, par okay. excellence, hey, right? Writes her own I stuff. Really like. Okay, was holding out for a cowboy. Now that yeah. is a good name for a song. And then another one was There Ain't No Way to Be a There Ain't There Ain't No One Way to no, Be a Woman. No wrong way. Was, no wrong way to be a woman. No yeah. Oh, that is so good. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I just want to say, I think we've been plenty nice and Talking about Claire uh, Dunn they, there, just for the record. Claire Dunn interviewed in hour Claire two. Dunn, yes. yes. 
Yes, exactly. I think we've been planning nice of they, as they have steamrolled us for the last four or five years. But, you know, we, we took the jab uh, so we wouldn't lose our job. We, um, we didn't get any ivermectin when we wanted it. Uh, we let them install an illegitimate president. We let them jail these uh, innocent rally goers on 1-6. Uh, we let them bring the tan- transgenders into the bathroom and to sports. And and so now we got to listen to 10 yahoos in Iowa come out for her to interview. She said she was going she was going to get to all the candidates. Kim Reynolds, have- governor of Iowa, sitting around scolding, yeah. scolding Iowa yeah, voters. Well, and while you're here, let's let's listen to she's sitting with DeSantis. The crowd is chanting, "We love Trump. We want Trump." And listen to Kim yeah, Reynolds scold crowd, Iowa voters. You know what? You know what? We're in Iowa. And in Iowa, we're Iowa nice. So let's give everybody the opportunity to hear our candidates. Yeah, yeah. We're Iowa nice. And it's that's, yeah. that's so just the voice of a skull. Did she ever get to Trump? You know what that reminded me of is in City Hall, you know, there's one issue that's real important. They want to wear everybody out before they get to it so they'll go home. And so she was going to just roll through and wear people out with DeSantis. Never get to Trump. People came to hear Trump. They didn't come to hear DeSantis. So exactly. they were letting her. They finally spoke up. They finally said, all right, we, this is what we want. You know, we, 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 we've taken, we've swallowed what you've given us. Now, this is what we want. And Trump, he's going to bring our country back. And she wasn't ready for that. And, you know, what? I think we got to give it to him like that. They're not, they're ready for us. I mean, they they think we're going to be nice all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah let's listen to you. And DeSantis talked for 30 minutes. And, and let's listen to you and, you know, Pence talk. And we're just going to bear, you know, suffer through all that. No, at the time for that is over. We we have to insist on what we want. And then then she's got to get a little pushback if she's not going to give us what we want. That's, that's just the way I see it. Well, yeah. So, and some people, I, Charlene, it's... It's not Iowa nice, but you might call it Iowa smart. What do you think of that phrase, Charlene? Yeah, I came up with that phrase myself. <laughs> I thought we were. I thought Iowa was being pretty smart and letting her know what they wanted, who they wanted to hear from. And so, you know, we've just got to keep doing that. And and you know, it reminded me of that time down in Castle Rock that KNUS had a, an event, and we thought it was going to be a Trump rally because Trump had already won the. Um, the nomination and, and and you remember you were there and there were 500 people at that event center in castle rock yep. and dan kaplan hosted it he got up there and started talking about everybody but trump everybody but trump the whole thing was supposed to be about trump and so finally me and jan you remember jan don't you? oh we yeah started saying, the great jan trump. the great we charlene trump. we started saying we want trump and the whole crowd started chatting. Do you remember it? Yeah. And then finally, Catholic had to start talking about Trump. He wasn't bragging on Trump's accomplishments or anything. I, I don't even know what he was talking about. But Charlene, but, if um, you do remember, when I got my turn to speak, that's what I did. I talked yes. about Trump, and I said, you know, hey, exactly. Trump's going to win exactly. this thing. Just watch, exactly. people. Exactly. But Catholic <laughs> was the MC, and he was not... Letting, he was not giving the crowd what they wanted, so we started that chant. So I was real happy to see those people and I would start that chant. And you remember, uh, 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 Matt, also when Ken uh, start, first started having some things and Krista Kafer was saying, okay, now who are y'all for, for Trump or Cruz? And so then uh, 
she was supposedly, you know, taking an uh, eye vote, you know, and she goes, oh, it looks like Cruz has it. Well, I don't remember that like one. But, oh, yeah, oh, Beckham. Yeah. So, and then Trump won the voice for it. Oh. Oh, oh Trump! From it. basically from the escalator, he was he was winning that whole primary thing, and it did catch a lot of people by surprise. But I was out there egging it on all the way and predicting it all the way. And, yeah, that was great fun, Charlene. Listen to podcast of Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn at seven ten knus dot com. I won't be round this old town. It more for a long, long time. Won't get the pros out looking for the end of that long white line. Gonna hit the pros out looking for the end of that long white line. Well, I woke up my baby was gone. Some nights around Backbone Radio, we kind of go full country. Yep, full country music. Sometimes we do more honky tonk style, but. Tonight's country night, just feeling the country music vibe. We talked to Cousin Claire Dunn in hour two. Make sure you do check out the podcasts on that for Backbone Radio. Big thanks to the wonderful, broad, loyal Backbone Radio podcast listenership. And over at Twitter, at Backbone Radio, I try to put tweets up of a lot of the stuff we talk about on air and like that martyr-made essay on the deep state, you can find that on the at Backbone Radio Twitter page and all the good information. So between our Sunday shows, I think a very good news source, frankly, is the Backbone Radio Twitter page because I keep you up on all the, all the good news, all the good America first action, all the cool stuff. But at any rate, Jonah Goldberg at CNN. People know who Jonah Goldberg is, a... Uh, neoconservative, used to write for National Review. I've read a book or two that he has written. And I'd say about 20 years ago, I used to think he was a pretty okay guy. I kind of liked him. But uh, now I don't. I am not a fan of that guy. And he has since been uh, fired from National Review, apparently. Uh, When he would put up his columns, he would get so much negative criticism of his columns. I mean, he was so alienated from his own prior listenership or readership that finally they realized that he was really detracting from National Review. And I point that out on National Review and that listen to what Jonah Goldberg of CNN has to say in this clip. Jonah Goldberg actually says he's had his limit with small donors, with small donors, the kind of middle class, working class people who will send in a couple of bucks to the Republican candidate that they want to to do well in the primary. And Jonah Goldberg thinks that, no, the large donors are where it's at. It's the big donors, the oligarchs, that are the ones that think strategically and know who is electable and know who can win. And so it's the large donors that shouldn't have to deal with these meddling small donors in this democracy. And it just, this really gets my goat, this kind of stuff. And it tells you everything that is wrong with the attitudes of the Beltway kind of people, including Jonah Goldberg, including so much of the what once was a conservative movement, the neoconservative movement, how insulated they are, and how absolutely retrograde 
they they have become. But here, listen to Jonah, who's now on CNN. They keep him on air at CNN now. I mean, see this. Um, but I, I just also think that we were dealing with a time where there were a lot of people. There was a there was a lot of cheering and and self congratulation about the rise of small donors a decade ago, and now small donors are actually one of the biggest problems for democracy for the GOP because um, small donor large donors actually have a strategic view about moderation, who can win, who can't. Small donors really are just venting their spleen with yep. their credit card, and um, and they lock candidates into positions that can hurt them in the general election. Such a- oh, my gosh. I mean, every single word of that clip is just makes your skin crawl. What absolute elitism, what absolute insulation from the heartland of this country. Jonah Goldberg wants the oligarchs, only the rich people, to run the show. And Jonah Goldberg thinks that it's the rich, rich, big donors, the globalist billionaire types, the warmongers, who know who's electable. That is the absolute opposite of the truth. They were the ones that said Jeb Bush was electable (laughs) back in 2016. They're the ones who said John McCain was electable or Mitt Romney was electable. You see how that works. The rich donors are the ones who know the least about electability. And the best indicator of actual electability, in my opinion, is small donors who might not have a whole lot to spare will send in $10, $25, $15, to somebody like Donald Trump. The average donation to Donald Trump is $35 a donation. He's the only one who gets the small donors. DeSantis gets no small donors. He only gets a handful of big donors, again, the globalist weirdo crowd that wants to put America last. You see how they can distort the system. The big donors have their agenda, and they have the money to spend on candidates to buy, purchase, sell candidates, to control the candidates. Um, That's exactly what happened with Bigelow, as I discussed last week on the podcast here at Backbone Radio on the radio show, where Bigelow is trying to control what uh, DeSantis can say and do. And the donors controlled DeSantis on Ukraine totally. Yeah, because some of those donors, I don't know, somehow does that money end up kicking back to them? They want the wide open borders and the rest of it. You see, uh, It's the oligarchs that have their agenda and try to force the candidate they want to get into office so it can benefit the big donors' bottom line. But the small donors, they don't get to do that. Who might benefit their bottom line? Uh, When Trump was in office, the middle class, the working class was doing great, improving, improving, improving. Had the best economic times of their lives under Trump. But Jonah Goldberg says, no, they are a problem. They're a problem for our democracy. How does that even compute? Small donors, that is a democracy. (laughs) Little people, middle class, sending in money. Yeah, that's what we do. And they don't like it. It it causes hassles for them. It causes hassles for the oligarchs. It causes hassles for the people behind the curtain. I mean, that could not be a more disgusting set of quotes. And let me just play it one more time, just so your skin can crawl a little more, too. Um, but I, I just also think that we were dealing with a time where there were a lot of people, there was a, there was a lot of cheering and, and self-congratulation about the rise of small donors a decade ago. And now small donors are actually one of the biggest problems for democracy, for the GOP, because um, small donor, large donors actually have a strategic view about moderation, who can win, who can't. 
small donors really are just venting their spleen with yep. their credit card, and um, and they lock candidates into positions that can hurt them in the general election. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, just so you heard that again, sometimes it helps to hear it twice so it can really be reinforced. In National Review, William F. Buckley Jr.'s publication, I believe started in 1958, which I used to read constantly as like a little kid. Yep, I'm the little kid reading National Review. I'm telling you, how cool was that? How cool was was host done back at that time? Anyway, nerd, maybe. Well, yeah, you know, kind of intellectual type from an early age. But uh, William F. Buckley, one of my main influences and mentors, I met him a couple times, uh, politically speaking. Yes. Uh, he said he would rather have a random 1,000 names out of the Boston phone directory run this country instead of the people actually running the country. And that quote, again, goes completely 100% against what General Goldberg is saying, where it's the moneyed people, it's the oligarchs with their agendas, who should be running the, the country and controlling the party and essentially trying to enslave the middle and working classes of this country, right? So Buckley got that. Jonah Goldberg is on the opposite side of that equation. And again, that is the bubble that our Beltway people live in. And talk about venting spleen. I mean, that, that is such anathema. And the way, again, you reflect the strength of a campaign is if you are connecting with people across this country, if you are connecting with small donors intensely enough that they will send you $5. That is how you gauge the strength of a campaign, the electability of a campaign. And again, I saw somewhere that in terms of actual donors, DeSantis has like 18 actual donors from New Hampshire, and he has 22 actual donors from Iowa. That, <clears throat> that reflects that there is an absolute void, vacancy, emptiness, no connection with DeSantis to the middle and working classes to the small donor. He thrives on having the maxed out billionaire donors, okay? Which means he is going nowhere, ladies and gentlemen. And the Iowa Fair, the reception he had, is an absolute stellar indication of that. So... I'll rest my case on that point. And actually, we have a phone line action here. Why don't we say hello? And who are we talking to on one there, Mr. Okay, uh, is this Guy? Guy the ref? Welcome, sir. Glad you could check in. Oh, uh, you know what? You brought up Jonah Goldberg, and you, you, it made me bristle. Uh, I used to like him. I used to like reading him. And then he has, like, become this uh, neoconic curmudgeon that... I just can't stand the guy anymore. But the he, fact that he's well loved to CNN that that seals it seals deal for me. Agreed. But guess what? He hasn't changed his opinions. But we now understand what his yep. real positions have been all the way along. Does that make sense? We understand yep. oh, who he has been. But he's another political career destroyed by the rise of Trump. Exposed by the rise of Trump. Like so many politicians, conservatives, the rest of them who have gone down the tubes hating Trump. But sorry, guy, another point from you? No, no, no. It's just that I used to enjoy him, and now the fact that he uses the term of aggressive democracy, well, build us a republic. You know, oh, okay good point. The democracy for which we stand. Good point, it's guy. Yeah. Exactly. But it's it's their democracy, guy. It's it's not ours. It's it's theirs. <laughs> they hockey. think. Horse hockey. 
Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Have a home prepared where the saints abide over in the glory land. I long to be by my Savior's side over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, I'll join yes, John. happy angel band over in the glory land. Just There's our gospel bluegrass country sacred song tonight, Over in the Glory Land, by the Stanley Brothers. And that's Doc Watson in there with them. And that's one I like to bring out around here from time to time, is we did go full country music tonight on Backbone Radio. And what could be better? Blake, what could be better? I can't think of a thing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Not even one thing could be better. And again, honored by your presence around these parts in Backbone Country. And we had a great interview with Claire Dunn. Yes, my cousin, who is the country star. We have the same grandparents, and she's been making it big out in Nashville. We have the Duval Family Fundraiser coming up. On uh, September 2nd, you can go to claredunn.com for some information about that. Wonderful small farming family in southeast Colorado. Been there for a long time, and they uh, had it all taken out by a tornado in June. One little quick song from, from Claire. This is her brand new one called Legends. What if we just heard that for a second? Get a lot of feedback. Claire Dunn, what a great voice and the rest of it. Great lyrics. And just a just a little snippet of this brand new one. song called Legend by Claire Dunn. And boy, doesn't that sound good? you got to admit it. And let's pot that under us if we could. Just wanted to work in a little snippet there. And there's a few points I just have not been able to get to here along the way this evening. Donald Trump has decided he's not going to debate in this, uh, I believe it's the 23rd, 10 days from now, debate with the Republican pygmies, the little tiny uh, single-digit candidates out there. He doesn't want to have to sign the RNC, Ronald McDaniel, loyalty pledge. And I think that's the right call. Trump is so dominant, 50%, 60% plus in the polls. That he shows up there and it just gives like some credibility to the to the pygmies, okay? And um, where is the uh, where is the clip I have on that? Um, oh, I I hit it in here somewhere. Here's here's at least John McEntee, a Trump advisor, who talked about Trump's choice on that. 
know Donald Trump so well. You understand his mindset. You've been with him so many times. Do you think he's going to debate in, in two weeks? I do not think he's going to debate in two weeks. I think he might debate at some point. I think he has such a big lead, it's not necessary. And I think uh, as time goes on, as we get closer to actual voting, he may need to you know, come out and make his case. But I think right now he can just run on his track record. And I think every indictment makes him stronger. Yeah, yeah. And Trump, talking to Eric Bowling, talked about his his logic on why it doesn't do. He doesn't need to debate. He's already got it. We have so much. You just opened up so many avenues right now. But, but just to clean up, tie up the, the the Fox debate, you said you'll you'll decide next week. What is there? I'll be anything? announcing. Yeah, I've already decided, uh, and I'll be announcing something next week. Because yes. I noticed the Fox senior executives came and had dinner with you and pitched you. Did they move the needle? Well, they were very nice. Look, uh, they were very nice. We Here's very... why, uh, Mr. President. The only reason I, I say this, I put a poll up on Twitter. At least two thirds of the people don't want you to do the debate because they feel it could be a setup. Are you concerned about Fox setting well, up? Well, when you're at 75, 78, 80 percent, and other guys are at zero, one percent, two percent, three percent, you do say, uh, "What's the upside?" Am I going to go up one point? But they could go up. You know, they're not dumb people. They're senators. They're governors. They're intelligent people. You have some very good people. I think you have some very good people. And you have some people. I mean, I have a problem with the debate for another reason. I wouldn't sign the pledge. Why would I sign a pledge? There are people on there that I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have certain people. And I'll pause that one there. Yeah, there are a few of those. Like Chris Christie? No, thank you. Mike Pence, nope, nope, no, thank you. Go down the list. Yeah, Asa? Who the heck is Asa? Anyway, good call on that. No need to elevate the uh, zero percenters, okay? Won't play this one, but Douglas McGregor says we're getting to the most dangerous time in Ukraine because the Ukraine regime under Zelensky, the the dictatorial regime of Zelensky is about to collapse, on the verge of collapse. As they've got to make peace over there. Zelensky can't even get people recruited into the war effort anymore because so many are getting killed. And uh, the advances that Ukraine tried to make have just ended up awful. But yet, nah, we're sending them more millions and cluster bombs and the rest of it. What a cluster. Uh, what's that word? I... Uh, Probably shouldn't say, but that's what this whole thing is as provoked by us, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to go out with one thing here. Um, there is a phenomenon. Oliver Anthony is a uh, farmer in a small town in Virginia, Farmville, Virginia, who's somehow has got a he's been a musician for a while. And he's somehow he's got some music that's coming out and going big time. This morning, he was in North Carolina And he was reading from Psalm 37, part of our sacred theme in our last segment of the show, reading Psalm 37 before singing some of his songs. But his songs are about revolt, about how the people got nothing and the rich men north of Richmond, as in the politicians in the Beltway, have everything. Let's just hear a snippet of this this song that's number one in the United States of America. And actually, where Alexa sent me a... No, I think he's got three songs right now in the top ten. Wow. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours. Oliver Anthony. Pay so I can sit out here and waste From my nowhere. life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. 
Apologize for that one little reference there on that. Did you click? Did you click that? Okay. So I didn't know that was in that tune, but uh, maybe there's a point uh, in there somewhere. But that's the 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 element of revolt is in the air against the rich men north of Richmond, and he's got another one called "I Ain't Got a Dollar." Maybe we'll go out to that one in just a minute. But let me just say a big thanks to Backbone Country for being here, for texting in, for calling in, for listening in for following the podcast, for following at Backbone Radio on Twitter. And by the way, it's great to have Randy Corcoran back in, isn't it? Oh, kudos to that individual who's coming right along. And uh, let's do Ain't Got a Dollar. We'll go out to that. Matt Dunn signed up. Big thanks to Claire Dunn for joining us in Hour 2. And here's this one. All the way to the finish line. All the way to post. See you next Sunday. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.